welcome to another episode of Amusement Sparks, the amateur theme park design podcast where we just kind of go for it. These are unlicensed uh, amateur slash fan designed creations, but it's just a way for us to construct our imagination into like a thing. You know, collaboration and imagination is the name of the game. This episode is a very special episode. It's near and dear to my heart, um, assuming that we don't mess it up too bad. But my guest today is Robbie Pettinato, and uh, we're going to be talking about Pokemon. So you brought up the topic of Pokemon. Are you thinking, uh, you know, Gen 1, the original... 150 slash 151 or do we want to do the whole uh dude the whole pantheon man okay um i don't i don't subscribe to the you know sticking to yeah just the nostalgia of yourself and and especially if you're doing a a theme park right you need all the there's yeah you're trying to you know broaden yourself up to everybody and there's totally kids that exist right now that could not care at all about uh you know that they don't have any nostalgic you know special places for a bell sprout you know it's not right. really there's you know they, they they care about the ice cream cone pokemon and that's, <laughs> yeah. that's and that's totally fine you know but so you, yeah you need to pander to a little bit of everybody and uh with having 20 years of pokemon being added why research yourself to uh, you know a, a sixth of that it's kind of silly i'm totally with you yeah a pokemon is a pokemon and the, the character designs have been relatively consistent throughout and um it's like they say like every comic book is someone's first and so like you need to keep writing each comic book as if it's this is someone's like holy grail so treat it seriously and you know do the best you can with every iteration yeah so that's what i was hoping for actually um i I, it is kind of weird there's like a kind of a stigma so many people are like oh it's got to be original generation because those are the ones i had like yeah but there's other people (laughs) in the world like yeah, deal with sure. it and, yeah i mean and i've been you know i've been playing these games for 20 years pretty consistently yeah. like it's been more of a constant in my life than pretty much anything else which is pretty funny to me me but, too it's uh, seriously it, it's been there for me through every you know every single uh trouble you run across in in your life there's always pokemon to turn to yeah exactly absolutely and and that's what's even you know more awesome about the current age we live in where I and mean, who knows how long pokemon go is really going to be relevant for it looks like it's holding on for at least a little while yeah but potentially and being able to to walk around like I, I don't know how how huge it is elsewhere but still in austin like you go to the you know the state capitol or in uh we have auditorium shores and stuff like that any point of the day or night there's hundreds of people walking around catching pokemon and that's such a uh, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the world, but it's pretty great that you can just kind of push all that aside and just act like a really, 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 really stupid person and walk around and catch Pokemon and totally. not worry about that. It's pretty solid. I'm I'm so surprised and so happy that that has become such a cultural phenomenon because like there are adults and you know people in older generations than us who are really into that game like. In my life, at least, most, oh, yeah. of, most of the people who are diehards are people who have never played Pokemon before. They just, like, are so into this, this you know, location-based gaming thing, and Pokemon is such a good franchise to attach to it. It really lends itself, and it's funny. I played I played a decent amount of Ingress before this, mm-hmm. so I already, I already like, knew exactly where um, 
all the you know stops and gyms are going to be because i already had my like walking routes for playing ingress so cool. but as soon as pokemon came out it just immediately deleted ingress and just yeah. took the pokemon that's awesome so, i i'm so yeah so happy about that kind of that kind of gameplay and it's cool that um you know the guy who like one of the creators of niantic or whatever also kind of created google maps and has done all these like hugely innovative things in the the space of what it takes to make a location-based game it's amazing that it's the same guy who's built all these significant steps to get here it's it's a really cool thing for sure uh, yeah okay cool so let's uh let's make a theme park do you have a, a name in mind for what you'd want to call it is it you know pokemon world do we want to go with the traditional naming convention or is there something weird or crazier you want to do uh you know why mess with a good thing like <laughs> why you know it's sort of like you got to keep pokey in there somewhere true so, Poke World or Poke something World. that works would make the most sense to me. Yeah, there was um, there was a a soundtrack, you know, probably in the early two thousands, I would estimate that I had. I think it was called To Be a Master, and there was a song on there called Pokemon World or like We All Live in a Pokemon World, something like that. Oh yeah, no, I had that, and it was that's an awful <laughs> song, but it, it is, is. But I I totally had that CD. I, you know, the past couple of days I've been saying Pokemon World in my head as I'm like thinking about it, and like <laughs> every time I hear it in the voice from the song and. God, I haven't thought about that in forever, man. That music is not good, but because it was, I was so into it when I was a kid, it's like, it's in there still. Like, I'm never going to forget those songs. Yeah. Man. Man, uh, this is kind of more tangent before I get to... That's good. Pokemon music. Uh, <laughs> there's a, a little... Um, it, it, almost like a hoarder shop in in Austin here uh, mm-hmm. called Out of the Past, and it's this you know goofy lady who just buys anything, and it's it's a hodgepodge of what you're gonna find in there, and you touch anything and fall all over you. It's, it's pretty <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. Um, but one time I found this like weird Japanese import Pokemon CD, mm-hmm. and it was just like really really intense J-pop. That and it was officially licensed, and like the album wow. art was fantastic. It had this like you know, a transparent um, sleeve that had, like, really great, you know, illustrations of all of the original uh, 150. Um, and But the songs were just, like, really... Like, I'm not a big pop fan, but they were yeah. really, really catchy and uh-huh. um, sampled random sounds from the games. Wow. But it wasn't even, like, electro or, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, like on a or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, it, but it was... <laughs> It, it was just very great that's awesome i love those kind of stores where you can just like you don't know what you're going to expect so you can just imagine that you're going to find anything when you walk through there so that's cool yeah totally and finding something that you didn't know existed is so much more like exhilarating than i've been anticipating this thing for years and it's finally here like that's one level of excitement oh, yeah. but if if you just turn the corner and there it is and you've never seen it or heard of it it's it's amazing the thrill of discovery that's why it's not fun shop online, really. Mm-hmm. Like, it's convenient, but it's right. not fun because you're just seeking something out and then you just get it. And that immediate satisfaction is, isn't is really thrilling. But yeah. I agree. Yeah, like go, coming across something, be like, I didn't know I wanted this, but I now need this is, is a very peculiar, uh, but you know, yeah, a very solid, rewarding feeling. Yeah, I hope that, you know, brick and mortar stores can just get more and more niche, like, in the future because online shopping will like take over all of your general purpose needs. So hopefully the brick and mortar stores will stay in business and get weirder 
that's what I'm really vying for. That's what I, I really want that to happen. Oh, totally. And that's, that, I mean, that, that's why I've, I've solidified my career in that, <laughs> you know, like, in weird stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my, my stores specifically exist to mm-hmm. be experience based rather than like, you know, a commodity kind of, you know, you, you, people, my, it's not a big store. People come in and they'll spend hours in there just looking at every single thing. And then they, at, the longer they're in there and the more stuff that there is to distract them, the more stuff they tend to <laughs> take up because like, well, oh, that's cool. And then they leave and like, I don't know why I have all this stuff, but I'm okay with it. And that's way better than, you know, just like walking into a Best Buy and being like, well, there's my vacuum. And you pick up the yeah. vacuum and you go. Uh, and, and, you know, unfortunately, that's why we want to see as many Best Buys and, you know, Circuit Cities and right. Mervins and whatever. Those stores are so boring. They sell the, like stuff that you would really be interested in but just like it's not a fun experience to go in there it feels like a chore almost like i just it's like soulless i think it's so clean and like organized nicely it's like this isn't a shopping experience that i want this is boring yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly yeah you you want to be entertained with the the process because otherwise shopping can be very tedious like you, you need the distraction of of excitement and fun to make shopping something memorable when you say my store that's that's toy joy in austin texas right yeah, yeah. So, uh, shameless plug. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Toy Joy is a 29-year-old toy store uh, in Austin, and we've we've been featured on all kinds of stuff. Like, we've been like, USA Today rated us one of the top ten toy stores in the world, and we were just on some bit on Rolling Stones website or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're uh, there's you know plenty of other toy stores in the world, but we. Um, are highly appreciated by adults, and I don't mean that in a way that we're like a Spencer's Gifts or something right, like that. Not an adult toy store, uh, you know. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a very um, from uh, you know all ages mm-hmm. appropriate and everything like that. Kind of a place where parents want to drag their kids to <laughs> than the other way around. That's awesome uh, because there's a lot of you know it's a good mix of you know weird, nostalgic um, stuff, eccentric stuff, uh, a lot of you know really kind of deeper levels of humor and you know stuff like that you know we you know we have like plush for germs and body parts and organs and uh you know we have a lot of like really weird board games and everything's just kind of weird and and absurd um rather than wholesome like your average toy store um you know we and everything is done from the ground up at the store so you know we have like towers of small little carnival-esque, you know, toys that we call bin toys. And for each bin, uh, we hand draw every single one of the signs with like some, you know, silly little comic or, uh, or just some, you know, little pun for everything. Just wow. to add more to, you know, every single thing you look at, it was, you know, heavily thought about before being applied and all, all of which falls into the, you know, experience-based shopping that, you know, makes it more, like people take their, their, significant others on dates to my store <laughs> just to walk around which is you know it's like again you're not going to take your date to a walmart right, or, right. A, or like a toys r us or something like that but toy joy just has that that, the magic. that vibe where it's yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's uh, it's been awesome following the uh the toy joy austin on instagram like i said the at the yeah. beginning there's no the at the beginning but you know toy joy austin it's yep. a, an awesome instagram it makes me want to go there because my favorite stores in the world are stores that are similar to that but most of them seem to be significantly smaller than than your store it seems awesome like a huge like i don't know it's such a cool cross-section of so many different types of like pop culture and toy culture types of 
of things all happening at once. It's like, it's just amazing. Yeah. And, and ultimately it just falls on like having fun, you yeah. know, uh, like why not have fun with your social media? That, that's kind of a no brainer. And it's amazing how many places refuse to do that. They try to keep it serious. And, you know, we, you know, we, we've done as many different kinds of social media as possible. Like we have a, we still have a vine account and then, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we have a, solid snapchat that's awesome snapchat follows that joy austin on snapchat um so you know there's plenty uh plenty of ways to to make an enjoyable experience and that's what's going to keep us alive past the you know the the digital age where everyone's buying stuff online you're not gonna have fun doing that so we're providing a different experience that can't really be replicated through the internet. Absolutely. I, I do think that the Toys R Us experience, no offense. I mean, I, I worked at Toys R Us for a couple of years. I really like that place, but you can replicate that relatively well online, but something like Toy Joy is a totally different experience for sure. You got yeah, to totally. actually go there. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yep. For sure. If you're ever in Austin, stop by the store. I, yeah, I absolutely. <laughs> yeah, theme parks. It. <laughs> right? It seems almost like a theme park. There's a certain connection there where the, the focus has to be on the fun and like making it an experience instead of just like, oh, here's the, we're just checking off the checklist here. It's like there needs to be innovation and creativity and that needs to all come from the right place, like come from the heart and come from a, a pure place, I think. Because if you're like, there's a lot of like kind of cynical or kind of, um, I don't know, less less fun toy stores that I've been to where it's it's like they have cool stuff but like the staff is kind of like not super nice about it or not super excited to be there and that just kills things like if they're if you're apathetic about your toy store like you should just shut it down like you don't want to be apathetic in a toy store and that's what I tell every employee that I hire Mm -hmm. is like the last thing anybody ever wants to see is a sad toy store (laughs) like that'll just bring the energy down so fast so just and it's and I'm going like the Disney World route of like you must be smiling at all times whilst you're fired, you know, kind of deal. Uh-huh. But you know, you yeah, you gotta you gotta be pleasant about things and talk to people. Don't even talk to them as customers. Talk to them as just like clearly they have shared interests because they're inside of a store filled with things that you also like. So just talk to them about that. Right. And then you just get all these like cool, real, genuine connections with people that. Uh, um, yeah, it's, just, it's you know not only as you as a person and, and you know appreciate it, but so does that person in your store, and then uh, that's how you get repeat business and all these other you know little business things that yeah uh, that help. Absolutely, cool. So uh, let's do some Poker World stuff, huh? Mm-hmm, um, totally. Cool. What kind of uh, demographic do you want to go for? Are we are we aiming for all ages here? Are we gonna have like a, a kiddie park and then like stuff for the grown ups to do, or is it gonna be something more specific? It's- well, so I think the the magic of Pokemon, and, and as it's pretty much at this point scientifically proven, mm-hmm. uh, that it really does kind of cra- you know, cross that age mm-hmm. barrier, yeah. where you can have something designed for everyone, but not pander to a specific demographic. Absolutely. So you can you can make, and even like the Pokemon games are a perfect example of that too, um, where it can be as shallow as you want it to be, but it can also be as deep as you want it to be. And you can, you know, min max and grind right. Jesus out of it. Yeah. It's, it's um, one of those like easy to learn, but hard to master things. Like if you're, yeah, if you're and, a four year old, you, you don't, can still play it. Oh, totally. And you don't have to master it at all. I mean, it, it, that's only, it's there if you want it to. Um, but otherwise if you just want to play through the story, it's fine. And I think having a theme park based around that, would, it totally falls in the same concept where, so basically this is what I would imagine the the core of it being is that 
you Pokemon is so diverse, and then you have all these different, you know, throughout your when you're going throughout the game, you have you know the the, the little towns, and each town's kind of a different vibe to it, and then you have like the coastal cities, and then you have more deserty ones, and then you have the caves. So that you can just literally replicate that inside of a theme park, yeah, and have all these different little vibes. That way, it's constantly being broken up, and uh, you know, you don't have to have a massive amount of land to do it. Mm-hmm. You just need to you know delineate which which one is which essentially yeah that could be cool if you like if you set it up like the the world map kind of thing so there's little routes you yeah. know to go you know the pathways in between the attractions are those are like the routes and uh maybe inside of each building there can be different things going on inside like you go into the pokemon gym and there could be something going on inside there instead of just being a pokemon gym like maybe there's a roller coaster inside or some kind of yeah yeah exactly that could be yeah, a cool concept. Sure. Um, yeah, and I mean, then you have... It, so you just take the core concepts of what makes Pokemon what it is. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do you do in Pokemon? You you meet a couple of different people, or I guess a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. You uh, catch Pokemon. You make those Pokemon fight each other, which is, to this day, so a little confusing to me. Yeah, and, and when, especially when people use the word make, like we make them fight yeah. that's like oh that yeah. sounds really unethical now <laughs> that's their purpose it's like hey, that's yeah, even worse right. yeah whatever man that's like saying a slave's purpose is to work like it's like yeah, yeah i mean sure but there shouldn't be slaves in the first place shame michael vick but we don't shame each other for mm. making pokemon fight. they are fictional uh, though that's the thing <laughs> yes. yes but as a kid i was always really excited about like a world or pokemon are real or something oh yeah dude uh, and now I'm like, I don't, you know, I, I'm cool with it being fictional because I don't know if, how I'd feel about like, yeah, making my little Pikachu die. I think if if they were in the real world, I think I think we wouldn't make them fight as much. I think we'd use them for more productive purposes. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we might still use them as machinery, like as manual labor to help us do things. But like, imagine yeah. if dogs were like, you know, six feet tall, we would probably use them for significantly more. Like, if everyone had a pet horse. We wouldn't feel too bad yeah. about using them to carry, like, you know, your stuff around sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it would be amazing, like, uh, to, to see a theme park based on this. I think the character designs are so cool, and there's so many of them, like, 721 right now, I think, plus Sun and Moon yeah. are coming out just around the corner. Mm-hmm. There's Add a whole bunch more. And so then many. adding the variants, too. Yeah. That makes it more elaborate, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could also set up the theme park to be set up like you know how like Disney World has all the different lands within it. We could do different uh, climates like that kind of thing. Like there could be kind of like an ice area and then maybe a fire yeah. area. So almost like a um, I don't know. Was Pokemon Snap set up like that? I'm picturing when I said fire area, I pictured the level where you like there's uh, the Charmanders and the Magmar and the Moltres yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Was every yeah, level kind exactly. of kind of theme? I guess so. There was a river, which was like water types and grass types. Yep. And then I think there was like a safari zone-esque kind of one yeah. with, you know, those Scythos and Tauruses and things like that. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I mean, that, that could work as well. Because there's so many different continents on the Pokemon, in the Pokemon series. Is, it, is every generation a different continent? I think it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and they base them more around uh, Real life actual stuff. places. So, yeah, the Sun and Moon coming out based off Hawaii, obviously. Yeah. I think Black and White was New York. Yeah, I think it was or, like, USA. The United States, essentially, mm-hmm. but like the, the main area was very New York-esque. Um, this was pointed out to me the other day. That that region is called Unova, which supposedly is short mm-hmm. for UN from United, and then of 
A. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I, wow. Yeah, I, I mean, never actually analyzed it's that. It's not that's, spelled that's with an OF, but it still sounds Unova, United yeah. States of A. Like, eh, that's pretty interesting. And then I think one of them was based on France recently. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. X and Y was France. Yeah. And then the first three or four were just different regions of Japan. So I don't know. Yeah. That might be kind of a weird theme park design. But then again, it might be kind of cool if, like, you go in and there's, like, you know, several different continents. And you have to, like, ride a boat yeah. in between them or something? Well, alternatively, like, the theme park could be its own region. Oh, that's so true. That isn't even shared with the games. Ooh. So then it, it, it maybe would even have its own storyline in a sense. That would be really cool. So each so each one, each game has its own storyline where, you know, the person you're fighting, like, Team Rocket and... Uh, you know, there's always these different bad the guys different who have teams, these different yeah. motivations for being bad guys. Uh, so maybe the theme park would have its entirely own uh, storyline. So I think that's which great. I don't know if that would lend itself to being a a positive or a negative because that's less familiar characters. Maybe but that you can they could all be visiting. Like you know, maybe it's you you go through the the traditional Pokemon Heroes quest that you've repeated you know so many times since for over the past 20 years but you go through that same experience again like oh here here's the new starters that kind of thing but then quickly you get into like here's Team Rocket and then maybe you see um some more familiar Pokemon from the older games and throughout your whole visit there like if you do the whole lap around the whole park you'll encounter all the different teams, you know, Magma, Aqua, Plasma, all those guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you'll encounter all of the different starters as you reach different regions. Potentially. I mean, I think that Pokemon fans are totally accustomed to, okay, here's, I'm doing it again. I'm starting over in a new continent with new starters. Yeah. Like, you still get the same experience, basically, even if it's, you know, framed differently, you're on a different continent, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that would be a, a pretty cool option. And then uh, it'd be nice, I think it'd be fun if there was a themed park where your entire visit was themed like you are the character here like you are you know the player character every single oh yeah guest. like as soon as you walk in you're given a pokedex and a choice of three starters yeah. and then as as you make your way through the park you you obtain more stuff mm-hmm. and in a sense kind of level up to you know do how about this maybe you have to in order to go on a certain ride you have had oh. to have gone on a return ride yes kind of thing so you, you know you have to like in a sense, battle that gym uh-huh. to unlock the next gym. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, have, are you familiar with the magic bands that they have at Disney? Yeah. For any listeners who's not familiar, I, I honestly haven't experienced this firsthand just from being a, a Disney fan. They they have these wristbands that kind of contain all of your information with on just this one wristband. So you don't really have to think about, you know, where's my wallet, where are my keys, because your room key is on your wrist in this little, like, silicone wristband thing your you know payment information is all on there so you can just kind of swipe your wrist this magical like which kind of seems like a thing in the pokemon world like their their technology is kind of whimsical which i really like like the being able to shrink a pokeball like pretty sure that's physically impossible as of right now but (laughs) it's cool that they can just do it like hey yeah it's technology you know it works but if you had all that information stored on you and each individual person has their own uh their own unique like data their own unique file it's like an expansion of um when you play laser tag, which I'm a huge fan of, you get like your little scorecard. Like, how'd you do? Like, here's your accuracy. It's so cool for me to like have my own stats. I'm like, it, it makes me feel so engrossed in the, in that world, even though laser tags like 20 minutes, but yeah. if you do that for a whole theme park and then you come back and you can bring all of your Pokemon with you again, and you can continue where you left off. That might be a good idea. That's pretty sweet. Oh, totally. No, I think that's that's super rad. It lends itself to a uh, repeat traffic and you know the urge to go back because you haven't gotten everything yet. Yeah. Uh, 
And then, you know, like anything park, you constantly are, you know, updating, adding more too. So if you just keep using it to build up your your theme park XP in a sense. Um, Man, that sounds that's awesome. That's pretty rad. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like a Safari Zone kind of thing in a way. Like you go there <laughs> just to get that unique Pokemon experience, you know, because there's, oh, there's Pokemon yeah, you can't yeah. catch anywhere else. And that'd be cool too if you bring your, you, you bring your DS or maybe... I think bringing your DS to a theme park is usually pretty dangerous because you have to buy a locker then, like, you might lose it on a roller coaster and it goes flying. Maybe make it, you know, compatible with Pokemon Go where it yeah. has a park with its own phone app for mm-hmm. that, you know, which I don't think is unreasonable at all. I, think I don't totally think so fun. either. In, in, especially in the next, like, five years, you know, by the time we get this park actually built, um, the technology will be there, I think, where you could yeah. transfer your Pokemon from your DS onto, or, or you know, whatever, your NX, NX or whatever the new uh, yeah. system is. Yeah. You transfer those Pokemon onto your wristband thing or, you know, whatever your device is that you're going to use in the park. And then you can bring, you know, your team of six with you to the park and level them up while you're there and maybe connect, catch some unique Pokemon that are only found in our specific region. And then you can bring them back and transfer them back to your game. And that sounds awesome. I love that idea. Um, what do you think about doing, like, a visual representation of that? Like, does each guest have, like, a little belt, you know, with up to six Pokeballs on it? And they can, like, I don't know, tap the Pokeball and you can see what Pokemon is stored in there or something like that? Did you ever uh, did you ever read the Pokemon Adventure like manga series back in my wee days? Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a big collector of that series. I'm a fan, but um, I love the depictions of Pokeballs there because like the top part, um, these comics are in black and white, so it's not the red part; it's like the black part. Um, yeah, but it's like translucent, so you can see like a shrunken, like little baby version of your Pokemon through the Pokeball. Oh, rad. So it'd be cool that's, if. That's... If your Pokeball is just, you know, red and then you like tap it and then it like turns translucent, but not actually, it's like actually a screen, but it shows yeah. you who's in there. So you can, I don't know, do whatever you have to do with that. Yeah, that, that yeah, sounds pretty that'd sweet. That'd be pretty cool. Awesome. I'd be down. <laughs> I'd be down too. That's excellent. What about for people who don't play the game? So maybe, you know, you're, you're new to the Pokemon world. Somehow you missed the Pokemon Go thing and... Um, mm-hmm. Would maybe you could rent your own Pokemon, like on uh, Pokemon Stadium. You can just rent them, like, yeah. which is kind of a weird, ex- you know, weird idea. Or maybe you just pick a starter and you start from scratch right there in the well, park. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, you, you you pick the starter, and then you know, as soon as you walk in to the equivalent of Tall Grass or whatever, and you just catch your stupid little basic insect Pokemon and your Rattata equivalent and your Pidgey equivalent. And and if again, it's just like the games where you don't have to know a whole lot at first or you know, be super familiar where it just kind of, you know, even if you make it all the way to the end with these, like, you know, basic, you know, weak Pokemon, like, it, it's, you know, they inevitably level up because you kind of have to use them anyways. Yeah. Um, where if, if that's all you want to do, you can still make your way all the way through and be fine. Um, maybe not be the best experience for what it was designed around, but right. you can do it. That sounds so awesome. More apathetic parents who are bringing their kids, like, they can still contribute or participate on a you know, even lesser scale without, you know, literally doing nothing the whole time. This is coming together. I really like the idea of um, even doing the like the level uh, requirements to get on certain rides. I think that's a really interesting idea, and so and it might encourage more um, like interaction between the guests. So let's say you go with like a family and you're really into it, and then you know your parents are not at all, and then you have like a younger cousin who's like really likes it but is really terrible at it so you could maybe trade them each one of your like nice high level pokemon and then everyone can go on the ride or (laughs) you know what i mean that could be kind of cool for sure (laughs) and of course you'd have to like say okay you don't have to follow these rules but maybe this area is suggested for people who have reached the certain 
certain level or this certain you know prestige class of pokemon yeah but if someone wants to ride the ride we're probably not going to say no you know you got to leave the park or something (laughs) yeah totally no no, go back to pallet town (laughs) yeah go train for another eight hours and then you can go talk to the professor again (laughs) (laughs) that would be cool to have some walk around characters who are like in their role like there's officer jenny and like nurse nurse joy like old youngster joey, youngster joey. oh man oh they gotta sell shorts at this park oh <laughs> they're so comfy and easy to wear that would yeah, be really awesome there's all, all the weird american translations just yes uh, just bringing all those lines back i'm done that's great <laughs> um and what about uh are there specific sites that you'd like to see replicated i know that we're saying this is like a newer new continent but is there anything you would like to have a, a version of? Like, for example, the, uh, is it called Lavender Tower? Pokemon Tower? Whatever that's called in Lavender uh, Town? Yeah, yeah. I think it was just Pokemon Tower. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, it was in Lavender Town. That could be a pretty cool, I mean, it's a weird concept, but you could have, you know, Haunted House kind of thing. But it's basically, oh, yeah, totally. it's like an office building with, like, tombstones everywhere. Like, it's so weird to have a multi-story, you know, cemetery, at least in the <laughs> yeah. United States. Like, I've never seen anything like that. I know... Japan has like rooftop cemeteries sometimes because they're short on, on city you know real estate. But that would be kind of spooky, I think, if you like get off the elevator oh, and then there's just yeah, tombstones. Like there's literally graves in the wall and yeah. graves in each level of floor. But yeah, I'm. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think having you know even if it's not specific from the game, but mm-hmm. I mean because the games are just repeats of themselves over and over <laughs> yeah. essentially uh with you know different flavor each time mm-hmm. and you can take all the same motifs and, and just you know again re- recreate them for this own unique world but yeah so you like have to have you know obviously the obvious things like pokemon centers and pokemarts and yeah. uh every game has like you know just like the random weird little houses where you just walk in and there's some old dude and he's like oh i'll trade you this pokemon <laughs> if you give me this one and yeah and you you do that it, you know and just you can kind of walk in anywhere and there's just like little homes you just barge in on and nobody seems to care that is pretty weird (laughs) but it'd be cool if like uh every staff member who's working there so like maybe you're just the ride operator or something but you have some kind of pokemon that they can't get anywhere else in the park and like you'll trade them whatever they want to trade for it or maybe you just give it to them but it'd be cool Uh, if you go around the world and you get these like unique experiences like you can trade with like any staff member is like because working at this park the people who work there are probably going to be pretty diehard and they would probably love the fact that they they're in this they're in an actual you know pokemon region like they work there so that'd be so amazing like you know how some people are so into pokemon go and like Mm -hmm. i think that this would even get more into the realm of reality if you're actually in the park um and you know i don't know that when it has like the story and it has uh the full region set up it would feel so much more immersive and so much more real and tangible i think that'd be so amazing for the the people who work there too <laughs> yeah totally so another thing with you know each town you know has its own little flavor and flair mm-hmm. and then uh so the gyms which i guess we've kind of established would be kind of like the cornerstone ride of each one kind of thing I, yeah because i don't think um, you can get rid of those like i think you have to have a gym in every town like that's oh yeah one of the totally. only things that um, stayed consistent but the what made the gyms great was each one was a kind of puzzle in itself. Mm-hmm. So how would we oh. how would we replicate that as as either part of the ride or maybe part of the entrance into the ride? Yeah, that's like, a really I feel like cool that, thing. That was a pretty solid part of it. Was like you don't just walk in and just fight the dude. You know, you 
in between having to fight his cronies, you also have to like hit certain switches in a certain pattern or, you know, go on these moving walkways or, or you know, all these, all these yeah. weird little you know, one-directional slides. <laughs> that'd be so cool if that was like, instead of waiting through this long line, I mean, you still have to wait on a line outside the gym, but once you're in, there's an additional challenge you have to do before you get to the ride. I think that'd yeah. be really cool because it would it would slow people down, like maybe yeah, slow exactly. your line down and a little bit. You wouldn't even realize you're in a line because you're having to defeat this certain aspect of of the line. <laughs> you have yeah. to beat the line. That's that is really cool. But there are so many fun puzzles. There's some annoying ones, but a lot of them are really fun. Like when you're on the little ice things and you have to like figure out what pattern you're going to move your your character in. Part of it would change because humans can walk in any direction, whereas in the early Pokemon games, you know, you've only got up, down, left, and right. So that yeah. might have to be edited in some way. Um, but it would be yeah. really cool to have some kind of physical challenge um, as an element there, like almost like a, on Survivor, like when they have the little challenge parts. Sometimes it's just a sliding puzzle, and then you have to climb up like a rope net thing. Like it's not always the most complex thing, but it'd be kind of fun if there was something to, to replicate that within the, oh, the actual sure. park. I like mm-hmm. that idea a lot. That's really cool. And honestly, there don't have to be traditional like uh, roller coasters. You know, there's not roller coasters in the Pokemon games that I can think of. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it, it, it's I, still I, there, I think there actually was one gym that kind of, or I'm making that up. I don't no, remember. No, uh, I think you're right. I wanted to say I think there's at least <laughs> one, but I can't place it. I can't think if that's a different DS game. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I have something in the back of my head, but I really have no idea what it is. But either yeah. way, I mean, yeah, and honestly, so like I grew up going to, like I grew up in South Florida, and I've, many times have I gone to Disney World and Universal and, you know, Islands of Adventure and Busch Gardens, all these places. And mm-hmm. that was always cool with, you know, like Busch Gardens was fun. You know, I've been to Spog, that's fun. Islands of Adventure is fun. But I always absolutely adored Disney World mm-hmm. and just Universal studios and it's because it wasn't about the rides it was about just how you felt being inside of it and mm-hmm. kind of being sort of consumed by the entire you know you you basically live in an entirely different reality for the time period that you're there um and it's not just like a quest to go on all these different rides yeah um so and i feel like one would lend itself more to being like that rather than um you know, just like here's here's a Spider-Man roller coaster, here's a whole coaster. You know, yeah, here's you're a totally right. roller coaster, and here's a here's a tentacle roller coaster. I mean, and of course you would have them, right? Uh, but it's about it would the be experience. Less and... on them. Yeah, yeah, but less like the entire adventure of being there while you're there. I um, love that. I think those have just have a longer, or a, a better longevity mm-hmm. and culture too. You know, like that's why I think you know, with like the Harry Potter. Um, world, you know, that thing's going to be around forever, I think, because again, it's less about the rides and more like look, you're being transported into an entirely different reality right now. Yeah. And you know, it's, uh, every time I go to Disney World, I immediately turn into a six-year-old and you know, <laughs> me and my mom go, uh, whenever we go, we both turn into six-year-olds and we're just like, come on, let's go on the <laughs> You know, we're just like, excited to all this stupid stuff that, yeah. uh, you know, doesn't really matter in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things mm-hmm. but it just feels really great because you can just let everything else go that's in your life and just you know you know put yourself into that that mindset um and so that's that's how i really want pokemon world to be totally when you get to reconnect with something from your childhood it's like it's like you're a child again and it just kind of feels really nice you're like oh yeah things are simple here and i think that's why i go to so many toy stores and stuff like i rarely buy things but i just like being in a toy store because when i was a kid it was like 
dopamine like oh totally out out the wazoo it was out of control yeah that's i mean that's why i've chosen this as my life path you know yeah totally (laughs) totally you know what put myself in uh, you know i'm at my job more than i'm anywhere else so i put myself (laughs) in a position where i'm in a place that makes me any less than you know just very happy right (laughs) so I, i feel like i'm a pretty we're all happy, well-adjusted person because I'm constantly surrounded by things that make me happy and make other people happy, and that's how more people should do that. I think absolutely. So, if you have Pokemon, you know, in your little Pokeballs on your belt, you've got these like these virtual Pokemon that you transferred from your game, and you're bringing them with you. There's no physical representation of them, which which is fine and normal. And in the Pokemon series, people don't just walk around with their Pokemon very often. They're usually mm-hmm. in their little containers. But if this is, you know, the theme park is probably going to have some kind of animatronics. And then it's also going to have maybe, you know, a slide that looks like Tropius or some, you know, yeah. slides like yeah. playgrounds that are kind of built to look like Pokemon. So is that jarring to have the virtual representation, the animatronic moving one? And then you've also got like a big, you know, human dressed up like a Pikachu that you can like shake hands with or whatever. And then there's also the stationary, like, statuesque kind of ones. Is that weird, or should we, like, make those all more uniform? No, I don't think so. I mean, there are, like, actually, literally in the games, there are, like, those Pokefan dudes yeah. who are, like, dudes in Pokemon costumes. True. Like, it, so, it would, as long as you don't treat them as, like, that guy in a Pikachu costume is actually a Pikachu, like, he's not trying to fool you into thinking that he's a Pikachu. It's, like, that's an awesome giant Pikachu costume, and you... You know, you you do the same thing. You take pictures with it, or give you an autograph or whatever. But it's not the same entity as a thing that you're also trying to catch. Okay, um, I got you. So yeah, in your, I think that's fair. Your Facebook picture, you didn't think that was a real Pikachu that you're hugging or standing what? next to. Wait, are you saying that wasn't a real Pikachu? I thought. It, oh, <laughs> that's what I was Crap. trying to avoid. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess the magic's gone anyway. No. Okay, so so yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess the main demographic of this is not going to think that pokemon is real because it's just a video game like it's a thing that they've always experienced as either a cartoon or a video game it's but then again like little kids think that mickey mouse like that's the real mickey mouse over there like and this this is the real ariel that i'm getting breakfast with (laughs) yeah for sure uh (laughs) yes those breakfasts are great oh yeah uh uh, the it's just all about the immersion i guess Mm -hmm. and yeah you know the the littlest of kids who are still believing that stuff like honestly they're probably barely playing the the game of the parts true so to speak and they're right. just taking it all in so i don't think it's gonna be like no 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 son that is not like, the real pikachu we're trying to find that's just a guy in a costume like they're just gonna let the kid go hug it and take a picture and yeah you know move on with their lives that's uh, so true and and if pokemon were real like within the pokemon world i'm sure their playgrounds instead of looking like a big turtle like it looks like a venusaur like i'm sure that they theme things within the pokemon world to be pokemon themed <laughs> which is a little meta or reverse yeah. meta or something but yeah okay so i'm okay with that having pokemon themed playground within the pokemon world that that fit that checks out that's okay cool well i don't feel weird then um <laughs> i was just kind of grappling with that a little bit cuz i just want i mean i just want pokemon to be real you know what i mean and so I think oh, animatronics could make huge leaps forward in that or, you know, um, like pro- projections or uh, whatever, you know, technological things you can do. It'd be cool yeah. if they were 
maybe more unified, but it would also just be an amazing thing to just go to this park and see Pokemon, you know, all over the place. Yeah, totally. I mean, I wish it would be possible. Like, you look back, I don't know if you ever watched the Yu-Gi-Oh cartoon. Yeah. When they go to, like, Kaiba's, like, big battle island or whatever, uh-huh. and then they all have those giant CGI, um, they're not CGI, but those, like, giant hologram mm-hmm. uh, representation, basically. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and even then, though, it's not even real, obviously, because they're cards, but there's still a weird emotional attachment to all the characters and everything, even though they're just, you know, computer generated right replicas of, of the illustrations on the card kind of thing um, that's really cool but yeah it'd be cool if you can like have that happen mm-hmm. with your pokemon so you still see this like battle in some sort of augmented reality in yeah front of you. um and i think as um oh god what was i gonna say you know like um virtual reality and i think augmented <laughs> reality could start to kind of fuse together so Let's say mm-hmm. in you know ten twelve years or whatever, you have a Google Glass type of thing uh, that's sort of giving you the experience of virtual reality. I know it might be jarring because yeah. you can still see around the edges of your glasses, but that's a technical detail. But it'd be yeah. really cool if it's almost like a virtual reality thing. So you brought your Pokemon with you from your games, and then they're just like walking behind you, or you can hold out a Pokeball and like see something like get sucked into it. I think that'd be yeah, really totally. sweet. <laughs> Honestly, if there's one thing I could wish about this if this became a reality. Mm-hmm. It would be that. Yeah. <laughs> like, just that's like just full on 100% immersion. Call yeah. it a day. We're good. It Everything re- else is just like extra. But if we can <laughs> actually walk around and directly interact with, you know, these augmented reality Pokemon, yeah. That's a, that's a dream come true. Yeah, I think that the best route for this might just be a virtual reality theme park because then people can access it from anywhere. You don't have to drag your parents with you if they're like going to be sitting there suffering, and you're like, "No, come on, let me trade your Pokemon so you can go on this ride." And they're like, "No, I don't want to go on the dang ride." <laughs> um, but if it was just a virtual reality thing, so you just get your headset, um, you know, virtual reality is still kind of growing. Like we don't really know how you're going to be able to control it, or like if it's going to how it's going to feel like you're walking if you keep bumping into the wall. But if they let's say you've got an omnidirectional uh, treadmill type thing, so you can walk in any direction. And you can just walk around this this big world, this big amusement park, mm. and then you know interact with the Pokemon and all of that kind of thing. Oh gosh! But then it doesn't even have to be an amusement park anymore, does it? It can just be the next Pokemon game. <laughs> Dang! <laughs> what have we done? Which which actually that's really awesome though. That would be truly amazing yeah. if you could see everything oh, from your perspective instead of you know your your camera floating in the sky. Like if you think about that, we've been playing Pokemon games for so long, but we've always played as a camera following around this one kid <laughs> like that's yeah, not you totally. you're not seeing from their perspective yeah i don't know but that'd be that would just be a, an amazing virtual reality experience it'd be pretty sweet mm-hmm. cool um okay so i know this is kind of all over the place but i'm just i'm so pumped about this i've uh, pokemon's the longest running you know franchise that i've i've loved the most for sure yep. so that's something i'm excited to talk about <laughs> yeah I, I love what we've what we've done so far. It's it's not necessarily your traditional amusement park, but I think it would be absolutely amusing, and uh, fans of the franchise would probably be flocking from all over because it seems like such a cool place. Like I really want to go. Oh, it just seems awesome. I guess yep. 
I should just start working on uh, figuring out how to make virtual reality games because that's that's what I learned from this is I want virtual reality to be really, really, really good. Oh, for sure. Like a yeah. friend of mine has a, a, a an HTC Vive uh-huh. and we'll go over to his place and even just like, you know, the relatively few games that exist for now. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's impressive, man. It's pretty dang cool. And it's it's not perfect, but well, when it is perfect, it's going to be pretty, pretty crazy. Yep. Like, I'm also almost terrified for that world we'll live in where it's like you don't even have to go to your work anymore. Like, if you have an office job, you can walk around your virtual office instead yeah. and, like, use a virtual printer to print out your virtual paper and just like, <laughs> do something stupid like throw it. And that's how you email it. And just... Yeah, that would be cool, though. Weird time to live in. Right. But, you know, I, 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 that's what I'm assuming the world's going to be in 10, 20 years. Yeah. And, and, I don't even think twice about it. It's like everyone has superpowers. Like, I want this letter to go to this person, so I'm just going to hold it in my hand and, like, fling it in their general direction, and then, (laughs) you know, the computer knows who to send that to. Or, uh, I'm really running late to work. Let me just be there now. Like, let me just turn into the flash for a second, and I'm at work. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Cool. Well, Robbie, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, You've been a a terrific guest. Hey, thanks. Appreciate you inviting me on here. This was... uh... It's pretty fun. Good to break out of the monotony of, of life and think about something that you just hope will come to fruition if Nintendo ever listens to you. Yeah. It's so fun to to be able to be creative like with a purpose, even if it's, you know, not gonna like get you money or uh, it's not gonna actually happen. It's fun to yeah. get into get into the design mode, like, okay, we're making this thing happen. What's it gonna be like? Yeah, totally. Excellent. Good stuff. Awesome. Uh yeah, thank you for your time. Is there uh Anything you want to tell people to do? Do you have like a website you want to promote or Instagram page, anything like that? Uh, not for me personally. I'm I'm probably a relatively boring person, uh, (laughs) despite my really fun job. So yeah, just uh, check out Toy Joy if you're ever in Austin. Uh, Follow us on Instagram. Uh, It's a Instagram at symbol guy Toy Joy Austin and uh, Toy Joy Austin on Snapchat. Uh, You can watch all the silly goofy hijinks that me and my staff get into uh yeah cool awesome thank you very much for your time uh it's been nice nice talking to you man you too take care man yeah appreciate you thank you for listening to episode two of amusement sparks episode three is going to be coming out december 19th and it's about indiana jones if you'd like to join our conversation online about Amusement Sparks, you can find us on Reddit. We have our own subreddit, r slash Amusement Sparks, one word. And Amusement Sparks is also on Facebook. I will be posting this week a big list, both on Reddit and on Facebook, of ideas and themes for future episodes. If you have any ideas for future themes, please feel free to contribute them. Um, one of the most beautiful things about podcasts is that they're so interactive. If you comment on one episode, you know, results can be seen on the very next episode, which is a pretty cool thing. It's almost like a, a democratic medium. I love it. So, um, yeah, please feel free to join the conversation. Um, make your voice heard. I really appreciate that and want this to be more of a community thing instead of just me doing stuff by myself, you know? Um, cool. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you uh, on the 19th. <laughs>